Well, welcome back to Hillcrest's podcast. My name's Wayne Stender, and I'm the director of admissions here at Hillcrest Academy. We took a few weeks off from our podcast because we were doing so much work with graduation and going and wrapping up the rest of the year, going out to different churches and visiting other areas. And I'm really excited to bring you the show that we have for you this week. This week, we're going to be looking at a couple of things from President Hoganson, recounting some things that happened during graduation. We're also going to have some time to talk to Mr. Isaac. And Mr. Isaac's actually going to give a presentation on Hillcrest that he gave for an open house of parents earlier this year. To close out, we're really excited to introduce to you our theme for the 2018-19 school year, given to us by Amy and Ryan Garvin, who spent some time with me this week in our chapel as we talked through what the theme is for the school year. I'm really excited to share this podcast with you this week and look forward to hearing back from you as you spend some time with us. President Brad Hoganson just celebrated his first year in office. Last year, in the month of July, he came into Hillcrest and for the first month was basically kind of getting to know the school again, reading documents and spending time with different staff members. And this year, it's been very different for him. He has spent time on the road and has been connecting with friends and alumni of Hillcrest Academy. One of the highlights of President Hoganson's year was spending time with the... One of the highlights from President Hoganson's year was spending time with our alumni. And during the alumni, and during graduation weekend, he got a special time to connect with those alumni. This is our conversation that we recorded at the end of June that gives you a picture of what happened during graduation weekend and also how that weekend has propelled us into the summer. Yeah, President Hoganson, tell me a little bit now about your involvement with uh, graduation, you had a chance to go through alumni brunch and you had a chance to visit with a number of different classes. Yeah. Tell me about what that looks like from kind of graduation weekend. A lot of times we often think of it as kind of the celebration of the graduates, but there's a special kind of um, aspect of it from the Hillcrest perspective where there's a lot of people that come back to kind of remember, Mm -hmm. uh, some of them almost relive uh, (laughs) in kind of a funny, a little bit of a funny way where you're walking through the hallways and you're saying, what happened here? Yeah. Um, But there's kind of just this really cool reunion aspect of former grads. Tell me a little bit of kind of what what it was like this weekend, what you had a chance to participate in and and do during grad weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So Solomon said, uh, there's nothing new under the sun, right? and, and there's an aspect of that, um, what I found very fun, and I, and I find this awesome as I travel around and meet with alumni or when I'm at like a, a, a graduation weekend like this where there are reunions. Uh, so I stopped in on the uh, class of 83. They had their reunion uh, on campus. So I, I stopped in and visited with them, sat down. Uh, they were the year ahead of me. Next year will be my I'll have a reunion next this next year uh, for my class, class of '84. I want to see you all there. Um, but uh, visiting with them and 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 hearing the stories. Remember when we did this? They broke out all the photo albums, you know, stuff that like my kids will ever never even know what is a photo album. <laughs> um, don't you just flip through your phone and pass your phone to the person on the left? Um, but we we're looking through these photo albums and going, oh, remember that person? Oh, remember when they did this? Oh, that was so funny when this happened. And then they, then there'd be like another bit of like, oh, remember this person? Remember how, how this person did this? And it was kind of a different tone of voice, which there was a sense of reverence maybe of how that person 
cared for them at a particular time when they needed something. Um, pictures that they had with their deans, pictures that they had with their teachers, and, and to talk about the influence. Then I went over um, that night after class night, I went and met with the class of 93 at a local restaurant. Uh, didn't have photo albums, but we sat around tables and we talked. And you know what? It was the same conversation. Different names. Uh, you know, if you could if you could envision it, it would have been different hairstyles. It would have been different clothing. Conversations about, remember that guy? Remember when this was from? Remember when we pulled that prank? Remember when we did this? And, and laughing and all the different fun stuff. And then all of a sudden you're going, yeah, remember when this teacher, remember that conference, remember this, you know, yeah, you start, you, it's, you run this kind of, um, I don't know if I want to say an emotional gamut, but there's a sense of um, the connections are so deep and at the same time, similar from class to class, from generation to generation. And, and I guess as I think about that, it's, it's, it's sort of like, maybe, I don't know if I'm, I'll say it this way and, and let the chips fall where they may. It's like seeing the faithfulness of God from generation to generation. Um, the story is always different, but the story is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So even uh, to hear from students, I, you know, I traveled around. I, so I took the 50-year the class, the golden class, right? Took the 50-year class on a, on a tour of our campus. Now, they were amazed by some of the new things that we have. You know, they, for some of them, it was the first time they'd been in our new gym, which is already, what, 12, 13 years old? Right, yep. The new gym. I don't know how long I get to be the new president, um, but I hope people are as gracious with me. 12 as, or 13 years, I yeah, think, yeah. I hope people are as gracious with me as they are with that building. Uh, he's the new president. He's been here for two decades. And he still looks new. <laughs> he you still know? looks new, yeah. Um, anyway, so for many people who are seeing new, new buildings to go down and look at the student union, uh, that 50-year class was like, whoa, this is great. Mm -hmm. and, and our students, just they your students just come down here and hang out together? I'm like, yeah, they... You know, you'll see them down here playing games. You'll see them down here watching TV. There's a fireplace, and they just kind of gather in here. There's a place where they can uh, buy some snacks at the Comic Cafe. They get a cup of coffee or whatever. Uh, sometimes you'll see them uh, Skyping uh, with their families back home, wherever around the globe they are, and went into the cafeteria. Oh, man, the cafeteria was fun. They're like... Oh, remember when we had the old cafeteria and they start telling the stories and I'm like, yeah, those st the same stories are happening today. Mm -hmm. uh, just change the hairstyle, change the clothing. Right. They're still singing happy birthday. Singing the and, happy birthdays. Yep. And we were laughing about, they were uh, talking about like the little, like, uh, you know, somebody who lived in the building with them as a faculty person and their children. And we have that, our faculty mm -hmm. kids. Man, I love it when I see our, our future comets running around our campus or in the cafeteria with their best friends, mm -hmm. you know, and, and our kids loving that. Our students love that. Um, yeah, it was it was a blast. It was so fun. So to me, it was fun to go into the J.H. Um, Levang Gallery up in our main building. Uh, it's a room with it's kind of an archive of the history of, of Hillcrest Lutheran Academy. And there's an interactive screen where you can pull up uh, anybody's class and, and look at the pictures and all the all around the walls there's kind of a timeline of the school with um, I don't know if we're old enough to use the word artifacts but I'm going to use <laughs> artifacts uh, of our history and uh, man they loved it they were they were digging it and and whether it's people come back for their 50 year 
whether they're coming back for their five year. It's just the same. Um, so I loved, for me, I spent the most of the time probably with our 50 year class um, on that tour. I don't know how long our tour was. I think it took like two hours. Mm. Um, and it was a blast. Go up into the dorms. And I remember when this happened? Remember this happened? Remember that water fight? We had this great big water fight. And they thought they were the only ones that ever had that water <laughs> fight. I'm like, man, everybody has that water fight. Yeah. What are you talking about? Um, so anyways, it was good stuff. Great cool. connections. Good memories. Um, always turns around to remember the people. Remember mm-hmm. the people who influenced our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I've, I've noticed, and I, I've led a few tours and had a chance to connect with some different alumni in different settings, and for some reason, uh, you know, I think of like college as kind of being a significant part of your life because you're making kind of career choices. Oftentimes, you mm-hmm. make, if you went to a Bible school, you went in as an, a lonely soul and you came out in a pair. You know, it's like a shoe factory. But, <laughs> right, when we used to have the bridal college. Right, on, the bridal college yeah, or things yeah, like yeah. that. Like, you, you kind of look at those uh, places but for some reason, and I'm not saying for some reason, but Hillcrest has a special place for a lot of our alumni yeah. because it's a place where they really built their faith. Yep. Um, did you see anything like that as you were kind of hanging out with these classes and kind of connecting with some alumni in different reunion settings where you really saw, okay, faith was definitely formed at Hillcrest. And maybe it was even from this current graduating class. You had a chance to speak for them too. But is there anything that you saw that would be kind of poignant from that? Hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe because of the classes that I, um, yeah. So for some of the students that are reunion groups that were here, I was I was a dean for uh, for them. Like so the class of '88 was on campus. Some of those students were there. I was a dean that year. Um, class of '93 was on campus. I was a dean that year. Those would be kind of the. And then the, our current graduating class. Those are the ones I would say I've noticed the most transformative um, work in their lives, the difference. You now you see, you know, for some of them it was a 25-year uh, thing. So, you mean, a lot happens in a quarter century. Right. And, and foundations that were laid. Um, um, I had a conversation. Uh, actually, it wasn't necessarily part of grad weekend, but it was just right after grad weekend. Uh, with a with an alumni, um, we were at a funeral, and afterwards we were visiting, and uh, I was his dean in two thousand three, and uh, just to to hear him talk as a mature, godly man, um, and I'm thinking I remember when he was a sophomore, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Right. And if I if I'm if I'm understanding my words correctly, sophomore means wise fool. <laughs> if that's correct, I had a teacher tell me that one time. I don't know if he was just telling me that I was a fool, but I think so. Maybe we need to look that up. Yeah. We'll we'll come back to another episode and right. see if Brad actually knows anything. We from could break Latin. down some Latin there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, anyways, here was this kid, great kid, loved having him in the school, but knowing him now as a as a man who's experienced some life, Mm -hmm. who has leaned into God and trusted on God in his hardships, and to just talk about the faithfulness of God. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the kind of stuff I just hear over and over again. Right. And, And he just flat out told me it was, yes, he grew up in a Christian home, godly parents who loved him, and and part of that loving 
Ham was making sure he had access to a place like Hillcrest that was formative in, in his early spiritual formation, mm-hmm. uh, setting him on a trajectory. Um, yeah, so I, those are conversations I just love having, hearing what God has been doing. Um, yeah, you know, the 50-year class, they had a different perspective in a way. Um, they would look back and um, there was sometimes a, with a twinkle in their eyes, sometimes with a little bit of a faraway look of, of remembering what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, they walked into the chapel and it was interesting. Was different setup, totally different setup than what they experienced 50 years ago. Um, the room doesn't look at all the way it looked 50 years ago. It's been remodeled. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. We love it. It's a different room. And they, there was kind of a quiet hush <laughs> that I didn't expect. They came into the room and they just stood quietly. And I, I maybe I should have asked, what are you thinking about? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll do that next year if that, something like that happens. But you could just tell it was um, a sacred place for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went into the gym, the old gym. They had a totally different experience there. There they were laughing about, remember seeing this, remember seeing that, you know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved it. I loved spending time with our alumni this, yeah. this weekend. Huh, that's really cool. Well, my role at Hillcrest is to help new families get introduced to the ministry and what happens in our school. This last year, we did something brand new to us. We held an open house, and at the open house, we gave a whole explanation of the entire Hillcrest program. We took interested families and current families on a tour. We gave them an opportunity to win a free semester of tuition if they attended, and a number of families got to hear different testimonies from our students as our current students were giving tours to these families. In the opening presentation of the school, Principal Isaac gave an overview of Hillcrest and helped some families understand what it is that we do. We have a document that's called our school profile, and Principal Isaac was walking through that school profile to help families understand what it is that Hillcrest does. I'm excited to share this little snippet from that presentation to give you a picture of how we're talking to our families and our friends about what's going on in this ministry. Um, Have you ever, guys read Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers? Some of you might be familiar with that. He presents a a rule of 10,000 hours in there. If you're not familiar with this, he says that it takes about 10,000 hours to become an expert. I'm just going to summarize this. Somebody like LeBron James has had 10,000 hours of basketball before he got to the NBA. Bill Gates had 10,000 hours of computer program because he lived down the street from one of four mainframe computers in the country, and he paid the guy in eighth grade to let him in in the middle of the night. So he had all this time as a young man to learn these things. Uh, in fact, in the 1950s, all the, guys, all the guys that are the heads of the main IT corporations now, all were born approximately within the same years of each other, had some of the same experience, kind of interesting. But the opportunity to get 10,000 hours. Here's the deal. Our kids, all of ours, my, my four sons, your kids, are gonna become experts in a worldview because no matter where they go to school, they're gonna be discipled. It's, it's, it's not one of those things, it just will happen. Every play, education is a transfer of a way of life. So the transfer of the way of life will be your students will become an expert in a certain worldview. And the question would be, which worldview is that going to be? Because they will become an expert. They will have over 10,000 hours. Um, If you go to Hillcrest from 7th to 12th grade, we have you for 7,800 hours. Uh, We get you for 1,300 hours a year 
as far as building in and what we want to do. Compare that, if you will, to if, if I'm an engaged, and I believe we are as a family, we're an engaged church-attending family. So I would say on an average year, we're probably in church 45 weekends out of a year, maybe, you know, give or take something in there. Um, my kids would attend Sunday school. Uh, they will attend youth group. But if you do, if you add up the time, you're about 120, 150 hours a year. That's really, that's what you're looking at. And then on the other side, you have media, which is like 3,600 hours a year. You know, so the middle ground is really that discipleship time of what they're doing during the week. Really important. The other thing is the um, power of four. If you ever get a chance, um, back to the Bible, did some academic research on this. And, they, and so it's academic. It doesn't sound very spiritual. But on average, if a student, and they were looking at adults, but they also had students in there, had on average four weekly biblical interactions, not just hearing or whatever, but on average four times a week interacted with the scriptures, they saw a statistical difference in their faith, how they carried out their faith, the things that they, they normally di did. They saw a great improvement in that. They also saw a drop in a lot of the activities we want to see dropped, those things that go down. Interestingly, one to three average, there was no statistical difference than somebody who was just going to church and doing nothing during the week. So there's something about that. They call it the power of four. It's research-based. Um, but I look at that and I'm like, we hit that easy. You're getting four interactions big time. You come to chapel three days a week. We do class. It's all that kind of stuff. And I, and I felt really good about that. So, and the, Christian education gives us that. Uh, we did a survey of all our, of our graduates and those that responded. 98% who were surveyed said they believe in absolute truth. I think that's pretty amazing in this day and age that that's one of the things they came out of. 88%, almost 90, attend church weekly. And one of the things that when you live in the dorms here, sometimes you're kind of like, I'm going to church again, but we want to practice church attendance, being in the body of Christ. And then 99% surveyed said the Bible's infallible. And uh, I think that's really important. You might wonder as far as what are some of the outcomes of a Hillcrest education. Here's what they are. Obviously, when we put outcomes up here first, I just want to say something to you. First of all, unabashedly, we care more about what kind of human being our kids are going to turn out to be than really what they're going to do. I understand what they're going to do is an, is an important decision. But I think as a parent, and I've been caught up in this myself, we really get caught up in what they're going to do. And a lot of times, have you noticed, they don't do it. You know, it's like everybody's like, they got to have this, and they got to have that, and they got to have that. And it's like, oh, I thought you were going to be an engineer. No, I'm an artist. You know, I mean, it's kind of like, what happened? You know, I had a nephew going to medical school. He turned out, and, you know, he doesn't, doesn't do that right now. Uh, I don't say nothing against him. He drives a bus. But it's like, I'm not, no, there was nothing. I mean, he's, he's working on it. But my point being is it's completely different from what it looked like he was going to go doing. So if we don't pay attention to what kind of person our kids are going to be, um, then that's trouble. But an outgrowth of doing that, an outgrowth of doing that is our kids do really well. Um, you see our test scores on there? The, our SAT scores were in the, nine, our average SAT scores are in the 90th percentile. So average here is 90%. And that's without super focusing. In fact, this year was the first year that we moved our 11th graders into a specific ACT, SAT study class. You can have the elective if you want it. Um, but that's, these scores predate or are before that. So the outgrowth of that is that they do well and they're able to do these different kinds of things and we have, there's recognition in that. Most of them go to college. Here's, it's an interesting line we walk. 
We want your kids to all be prepared to go to, to university or go to college. That would be our goal, all of them. Do I think all of them need to go immediately or whatever? No, I don't. People are called to different things. And you, we talk about debt with them. We talk about what you need to do. That's kind of your decision with them, but we want to prepare them for that so they can go. They want to be able to articulate themselves. Do they have knowledge? Is there wisdom? Okay, and is there character? Those are the things that we want to, want to look at. They'll be successful at that. Here's something that we, you guys, a lot of you guys might know, read OC. Okay, graduated from the class of 07. We have a goal, and it's not healthy 19-year-olds. It's really healthy 28-year-olds. So a lot of the seeds that we plant, the things that we try and do here, we, we're hoping to see fruit at 28. And you understand there's a ton of life between 18 and 28. But that the fruit starts to bear itself in the sense of, uh, what kind of husband are you? What kind of wife are you? You're probably going to be a young, maybe a young parent at that point. Those are important, important things. Reed would be a good example of that, and he's come back a number of times, but he has his testimony up there. But that's the reason we put that on there is because he's at that 10-year-plus mark, and we want those. That's what we're looking for in that. So I, sometimes if you look at things and you think, I'm not seeing anything yet, well, we might say the same thing, but uh, we are looking you know, beyond that. And, and hoping for that. So that's, that's much of what we do with that. To close today, I had the chance to sit down with Ryan and Amy Garvin and talk through our school theme a little bit. Hillcrest school theme ends up being the heartbeat that drives the school for the year. Over the last two years, we've had a very dynamic and robust school theme that has actually permeated into everything that we do here at Hillcrest. I'm excited to pull back the curtains on our theme production for you a little bit to see what exactly goes on as we understand the current culture of our students and our student body and cast a theme for them to wrap their minds around the character of God, the design of God, and, and their relationship with the Lord as they build it here at Hillcrest. So I'm here with the Garvins and Ryan and Amy lead our chapel program at Hillcrest. And uh, we have kind of a unique thing at Hillcrest where we do really themes uh, based on the school year. And over the last two years, we've really had a fun time with those. They've really been very well developed as part of the whole kind of school life. It ends up becoming a little bit more, more than just kind of a theme that we say, and this is a good idea that we should follow. Like I talked to other friends in other Christian schools and they start out the year with a great theme. And then at the end of the year, they have to remind the students what the theme was for the year. And uh, what I've noticed the last two, at least for sure two years, has really been that the students are able to really speak to what the theme is, and it really actually kind of fits into the school year, which is really fun. So maybe tell me a little bit of kind of how we come up with our theme at Hillcrest, and then kind of your guys' whole like system of then starting to look at how that gets executed out. Yeah, so good question. Um, we meet as a faculty at the end of, towards the end of the school year, um, and start looking at uh, talking about um, what what came out during the school year. What did we like about the theme? What happened? You know, it, you you come with a plan, right, to execute the theme over the course of the year. But then, what ends up happening? Maybe what are the songs that kind of uh, begin to stick in people's minds that you hear them singing in the hallway or in the dorm or whatever, and. Uh, uh, and then what are the conversations? I think that's probably one of the bigger ones. What kind of conversations um, do we end up having uh, with the students or do our students having um, amongst themselves that um, generate some ideas to, 
to kind of project this into the next year. So then we start talking about, we meet um, a couple times just to talk about what are the things, what are the phrases, what are the Bible verses that come to mind that, uh, that begin to, I would say, evolve into um, a, th- a theme that captures um, the spirit of where I think the Lord is leading us in, in leading the students into the next school year. So in, in my mind, I think, I think in all of our minds, really, we want some continuity between from year to year um, that as students kind of go through Hillcrest, that no theme is going to cover everything or, or, or do the, or do. You can't just do like Jesus. Right. And then they could just like cover all of the <laughs> right, things. Right, right, right. Yeah. Cause, cause even the speakers or even the things we talk about are not going to, mm-hmm. not going to flesh everything out. And it's not going to be what everybody needs to hear at all times. Mm-hmm. Just not, but you know, what are, how do we complement a theme with the next theme so that there is some sort of uniformity, some continuity, like I said, yeah. um, from year to year. Yeah, that's interesting because the this last year I thought was really fun. Uh, in, the, in the previous year too, kind of free done was two years ago, and that idea of kind of you're, you're you've been set free, and so now don't make yourself a slave again. You're free, and it's completely done in the power of Christ. And so I felt like, hey, that's the great theme, and it kind of covers everything. You can kind of cover all of the things in it. And then last year, uh, when you guys worked with Sam. Erky, um, kind of on the theme and the ideas and then the faculty, then I thought, okay, well, this is like the theme to beat all themes because it was like, we're going to go through the entire Bible and it's the creation, fall, redemption, restoration, bringing it back to square one. So I thought that's awesome. And now this year, it feels like it's going to be a little bit like, so we were at 3,000, 20,000 feet before, and now we're going to bring it down a little bit closer to home and kind of interesting how those things develop throughout conversations in the chapel and the hallway. And, and, you know, here we are sitting in the chapel and we're kind of thinking through, okay, in like two months from this stage, the students are going to start to hear this message of the theme and what it means. And so what, what kind of, can I have you unveil the theme? Is that okay to do here? Absolutely. Um, I, I think what was, what I have found is interesting is seeing how much of the faculty is involved in the process of choosing the theme. Um, all of the different, perspectives that go into um, figuring out what the students are in need of, maybe. Um, And as Ryan said, looking at um, a theme that can complement what we've done, but also I think build on it. And that's what I feel like free done was, yeah, we've been freed from these things. And then it kind of felt like um, square one sort of backed up a little bit. And what have we been freed from? And what does that look like? Um, That what the creation was supposed to be and then the fall and then being redeemed and restored. Um, and so this year, um, do a, a drum roll, <laughs> um, is uh, practice makes purpose. Um, sort of playing on the, the phrase practice makes per- perfect, um, but recognizing that practice does not make perfect in our lives. Um, but it, in that, um, in practicing the things that, we that we see being Christ-like, um, practicing His qualities and um, following um, God's guidelines. Um, what that ends up looking like, and that creates the purpose in our lives, um, which is to glorify God. Yeah, and so when we sat down and discussed with the faculty 
ideas for for the theme some of the words that came to came to uh came to the table were like abide like abiding in in the lord and what does that look like so pra- so practicing abiding right or transformation um that uh i think that was probably one of the words that came to mind with um our student body chaplain this year trevor antunia was like how do we how do we live this out? How do we practice these things? Um, and then the the Bible verse that that um, I think is going to anchor our year is Second Peter uh, two. Sorry, Second Peter one uh, three through eleven. And I won't read the whole thing, but uh, I will read the beginning of this, and we can talk about it. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, I mean, there's there's more to discuss there, but that was, in in a sense, kind of what do we do with, I mean, the big picture, uh, the creation, fall, redemption, restoration, and then now how like you said, bring it from 30,000, 30,000 foot view to now a practical on the ground, boots on the ground. How do we live this out? So I think um, in a sense, we can talk a little bit about this, just the the practicing, the living out of those qualities um, that, that Jesus calls us to. Mm-hmm. Cool. The interesting thing, I was just at uh, Bible camp and I do a lot of traveling and talk to a lot of youth kind of about their faith and what they're learning and how they're growing. And, and inevitably it comes to kind of where do you want to see yourself with your faith? So it's kind of like this question of, and I kind of phrase it this way. So at the end of your year at Hillcrest, you've grown in your faith. So what does that look like? Give me a picture of what that's like. And inevitably everyone, all the students always mention this idea of, well, I've done these things. So it's like, well, my devotion time is robust, you know, so I read my Bible every day and I pray without ceasing. And they have all these like kind of mental things that they think gives them the good life a little bit kind of in, in Christ. And sometimes it's kind of like in my mind and thinking, okay, are we just giving them like things to practice kind of to their damnation a little bit where you're just exercising these spiritual gifts because you think that by them now you have kind of put yourself in a place where you're ready for salvation, if that makes sense. And so when I kind of heard the theme idea, I was thinking, oh no, are we in that mode now? <laughs> like, yeah. are we there where we're going to just teach these students? Yeah. When you practice your spiritual gifts, that gives you purpose. Mm-hmm. So could you speak to that a little bit as you kind of think through sure. some of those things and in, in like this with the, with a scripture that's kind of anchoring us, but then also your thoughts as we kind of engage the student body with this. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Cause I think that was one of our, with any theme, anything breaks down at some point, right? right? They're mean, all imperfect. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so when, when we just started discussing practice makes purpose, 
well, does it actually make purpose? I mean, the purpose uh, is that, um, I mean, practice makes pur- pur- sorry, practice makes pur- purpose sounds like that by practicing, we are making our purpose. Like Peter Piper, yeah. picked a pack. Of that's really, it's really tough. Peppers it's really for difficult. a purpose, right? <laughs> He's practicing <laughs> picking the peppers for a pur- 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 right. purpose. Yeah. yeah. We might have to use that in a chapel. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm pretty good at limericks, also tongue twisters, so I could do both. I'm pretty good at failing at them. A thing where we open each chapel. With yeah. yeah, with a tongue twister. Yeah, Wayne, Wayne's tongue twister day. All right, so be looking for that. In, yeah. Uh, welcome yeah. week. No, so <laughs> the uh, the pr- that's hard. Uh, that's difficult because we don't want it to s- we don't want it to be like you are working for your purpose, but. The idea here is that the so the purpose has already been determined, right? That that Jesus died for you. I mean, that's we're great there. But um, Paul, Peter, the Lord call us to work out our salvation, and so how do we um, how do we rest? This is a tough thing. How do we rest in, how do we abide in Jesus all the while pursuing him, right? In godliness, in perseverance, in brotherly kindness. So it's a fine line of I'm doing these things for my salvation or I'm doing these things because salvation has been given to me by the grace of God. Right, and so, um, so this will be a this will be one that we'll have to talk about quite a bit. And I think in in just even preparing ourselves and preparing the faculty in how do we word this so that so that it isn't like here's a list of things that we have to do to work out our salvation um, because the salvation has been already worked out. But at the same time, because I mean, even at the beginning of this, uh, Peter says because of what God our savior Jesus Christ has done these are the things that we live out and practice in the world because others need to hear about who Jesus is and this is how we show Jesus to each other to our community mm-hmm. yeah I think that's really important because I think for some of us it can be you can kind of take a step back and say well those are things that are kind of already assumed and so you know, you should be reading your Bible and praying and, and, but I, what I love about this idea is we're going to talk about these things that might be really hard and we might, um, you know, have a mental cramp as we're thinking through these things like, oh, I, this is so deep and hard and I don't know if I'm ready for this yet, but these students will start to have their minds expanded. We'll, we'll have our minds expanded as we're explaining to the students that fine line of, are you working on your salvation or are you continuing to work out organize grow in your understanding that everything has been done by the grace of god uh, on the cross through the grave through the resurrection all of our salvation has been bought and won and now these are exercises that we get to go it's kind of the c.s lewis up on the wall you know at hillcrest we have all these quotes and things from many people and there's one from C.S. Lewis that's on the wall in the classroom section that kind of says this idea of the most dangerous ideas aren't the ones that are being argued, but they're the ones that are assumed. And so sometimes I think even in our faith, we can kind of assume that 
students that would come to Hillcrest would have youth group habits or they've gone to church every Sunday and done this thing and they've know what it's like to read the Bible. And so let's just kind of dive into the deep things like predestination. And we kind of just want to jump into those things <laughs> rather than really like taking time to work out the reality and, and really not assuming that all the students know that. I think what's interesting is um, like in here, looking at the, um, sorry, Okay, that talking about the things that it lists, it's not just praying or reading your Bible. It's um, adding, so you've got faith, and it's goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly love, kindness. Like, those aren't easy things. Um, self-control is not an easy thing. It's not a fun thing. Like, we can all feel like we're measuring our, our Christianity or our level of faith by, I have a robust devotions life I'm really good at that um, but if we really examine how Christ like are we living that there's always room for growth and these um, all of these things I think what we will probably want to um, continually be reminding students is that these are not things that we are saved by um, but things we are saved for mm -hmm. that we are saved to these things that because of God's grace we are not just saved from eternal hell, we are saved now for for today, for tomorrow, for the time that we're on earth to do these things, to practice these things. Um, and even the practice makes purpose, um, looking at the word makes, that it's not like if you do these things, then you have a purpose, right. but that the purpose is formed of these things, that there is purpose, and our purpose is to um, know Jesus and the power of his blood and and to make him known um, and to glorify God and to exemplify those traits and so if that is our purpose it is made up of all of these things that are the fruit of the spirit that's interesting so uh, to kind of change gears here a little bit um, because you guys are are married and you're working on this together a little bit the way I, I kind of see some of the theme possibly developing is that you know, in, in a family, in a home, even like with your relationships, there's things that you are good practices or habits to have in your marriage that you do and it draws you closer together. But just because you do the dishes or just because you, you know, fold the laundry together, just because you have a date night, that does not make of your marriage, right? But those are good habits to have because it continues to work out that relationship and build on those things a little bit. So could you speak to it a little bit? Because, you know, at Hillcrest, we have this philosophy, this idea that um, more than just kind of giving students knowledge and shoving it into their head sometimes, sometimes it feels like that. Um, just because on a Sunday morning or a, or a you know, a, a Tuesday afternoon in history class, nobody really wants to be there, right? <laughs> so let's work this out. We're going to shove some of these things through. We're, we're, sledding this and pushing and pulling whatever but um give me kind of a perspective of um because our, our philosophy here is really that we want to we're not just giving an idea to students but we're trying to transfer kind of this way of living to the students and so uh what's really fun and unique is that as a married couple you guys are working on fleshing out pretty intimately what the theme looks like then for the student body and so give me a picture of what this has looked like kind of in your home 
if I can do that, can we like open the front door Ooh. and like step into the Garvin house? And you can kind of give me a picture of like, so what we're hoping to transfer to these students is because maybe there's been some things that you guys have also seen kind of in the home that you've been fleshing out with this a little bit as you've been working through it. Yeah, um, that's a good question. I don't feel like we probably spent too much time uh, on the theme and living it out at home necessarily. What do you think? Well, I you want always in increasing, what does it say? <laughs> these Yes. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, um, I, I mean, I do think that as we have both in our lives the last 15 years been working out our salvation mm -hmm. and um, figuring out what that looks like, and yeah, being married doesn't make it a good marriage necessarily, mm -hmm. um, but that we are working on it. Um, I, I think that as we were even studying individually, um, I've been reading about Sabbath lately um, and the idea that rest is uh, a freedom. It's not a constricture. It's not like to a punishment. It's not something to hold us back. It's a gift that, that we are given. And each of these things, even looking back at the theme last year, that that is, um, this is maybe a little more what restoration looks like, is being able to... Um, reflect these qualities and do these things. And so looking back at the, the last 15 years of how we have grown, just in maturity, is that one of those? <laughs> it could be. Um, but in, in yes, in, in figuring out how to, how to do those things well, living in community um, as husband and wife and then living in community with our kids, um, that just, it is working out these things, those, all of these things, when they're there, it's a whole lot more glorifying to God. Um, and I, I think that we have, I mean, in, in looking at each of these words, we're like, oh, yeah, that one. Oh, yeah, that, that can be a hard one. Um, but I'm, I'm sure we'll be living in it a lot more and more intentionally as we're working, look, looking at it here as well. Yeah, and I, I would say, I would add to that that this is a, um, the beauty of this is, is that this is a process. It actually talks about how uh, in here that in in Second Peter that this isn't a well. I'm going to conquer godliness, and then I'm going to take on knowledge, and then I'm going to take on self-control. But it's uh, that you're working on all of that all the time, all the time, which may seem overwhelming. Uh, definitely seems overwhelming. But I think it's important to remember that um, that like in a marriage, you don't, the moment you stop doing any of these things, um, you stop growing and, and you stunt the growth of your spouse. And I think in transferring this to the students, it's important, it's important to recognize that as a body, that when somebody is not doing the work, right, that, that it stunts the growth of everybody. And so um, this is a, this is definitely a communal, I mean, everybody has to own their own, their own working it out, um, make every effort, right? But, uh, but it affects everybody. And I think that's uh, a really important piece to, to recognize in here. And I think too, just to speak to the, to the overall theme, you brought up the idea of, of having the theme and then carrying it through one of the things that we looked at um, 
and kind of talked about with with Trevor was uh, what are the what are the specific items that we tackle over the course of the year to pull it all together. And I think it's it, the easy the easy part is taking these these topics of goodness, self-control, knowledge, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness and and spending time in each one of those. What do, what is it? How do we do it? Why do we do it? Right? But then also having a plan. One one thing that I think helps uh, us as a program and and allows I think the the theme to not just be a chapel thing uh, and more holistic is how do we tie it into and speaking to the teachers and how do you pull it into the classroom um, and then even beyond that you know, Trevor and I have talked about what it looks like to um, take the theme this practice makes purpose theme and have a summer plan for next year even because I think it's important that there's again continuity of here's here's how we're going to work through it over the course of welcome week and then into the school year and then after the school year is over so that we're not just like straight up abandoning people as they as they walk away from from this from the school right that there's the cloud of witnesses that we work together in this. And mm -hmm. I think that's, I think um, that helps us um, not lose sight of the overall, I think, big picture theme of what we're trying to, what we're trying to do here. This, the theme is not just a cutesy phrase. It kind of is, but cool it, right. It will be a cool t-shirt, but Hopefully. that it has, it has legs that we actually are going to work on this and talk about it in, on the, on the sports field, uh, in the classroom, in chapel, at the dining table, in the dorm, um, I think that's I think that's important for it to be successful. Mm -hmm. That's at least awesome. In part, yeah, I love the idea of because at Hillcrest, this we kind of have this ongoing thing. You know, last year there were some tangible expressions of this where we would look to the. Stu students that had graduated the year before. So we'd written them letters of encouragement and Bible verses. And I know there's a couple of students that had written back, that wrote back to me. And so they tagged it to the top of their cork board in their dorm room. And their friends at college were like, what is that about? Well, my high school that I graduated from. They're like, they remember you? <laughs> yeah. They remembered us enough to write letters. Like the kind of the idea at Hillcrest is we care not just about what happens after you graduate, and there's kind of this mantra in the admin that what are our, you know, our 28-year-olds doing? So our 18-year-olds, when they graduate here, we have a lot of control over that. But did we equip them with enough that when that and and the and encourage them and their got in, in their relationship with the Lord to continue to build it? That when they got to be 28, it was still growing. And I love that our idea of the theme, you know, while it while for us it starts kind of in May and June. For a lot of the students that'll get here, it'll start in August, but work you're even doing that now where you're continuing on last year's theme with devotionals and things like that with the seniors and the kids that graduated. And now we're gonna do that again to look ahead. I think just think that's kinda cool and kind of speaks to the push out from Hillcrest that it's not just okay and you're done and you're ready and now little bird fly, but no, let's continue to grow in that. So that's awesome. Thanks for taking some time with us today. 
and looking at the theme and looking forward to seeing how God continues to develop this. It's awesome. Well, that's what we have for you this week. I'm really excited to show you what's going on at Hillcrest next week as well. Stay tuned, look for the podcast and spend some time engaging our website. This week, we're going to be doing some national advertising through World Magazine and the Salem Radio Network. We encourage you to spend time on our website, take a look at some of the free resources that we're offering to those different ministries, and spend some time giving reviews or thumbs up to Hillcrest Academy on our Facebook page or our Google page. Most of our new students, they find Hillcrest online, and those reviews drive them to consider Hillcrest or make phone calls to the school to talk to me and come and visit the school. We want to do more ministry and more mentoring for more high school students. Help us achieve that by contacting us or reaching out to us on our website. Our website's URL address is www.ffhillcrest.org.